Oh yeah, I like the sound of that, and I know that you're gonna like the sound of it too. This is The Manny Wolf Show, where I pull no punches, I don't hold back in my conversations with some of the most interesting minds on the planet. So, put us in your ear, turn the volume up, and hang on for another episode. And it looks like we are live once again. Welcome back to The Manny Wolf Show. Um, we almost weren't able to do this because a hurricane touched down in what what state do you live in, Kurt? Uh, South Carolina. Yeah, tornado, right? Tornado. Right about a half hour for, or a half mile from us, we think. Yeah. Jeez. So originally I was slated to have this interview with uh, with this man. And then he uh, almost went off to see the Wizard of Oz, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> As a result, I jumped in and did a quick little uh, solo thing, and now I've got it. So, Kurt, I'm just setting up uh, my little shares that I do. So I'm boosting yeah. that, setting up a watch party. There we go. And then sharing it to a group. All right. I am all about redistribution and repurposing. Absolutely. So, dude, nice to get to talk to you finally. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, I've watched you, uh, from afar and I appreciate the invite and, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit or we messaged back and forth about mm -hmm. the importance of critical thinking and the lack thereof these days. And so, yeah, happy to be here. Well, um, I'm super happy to have you because I think that the conversation about critical thinking has been, uh, pushed unceremoniously front and center. Yeah recently with uh with coronavirus just in case anybody out there doesn't know what we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> right right um what what do you think happens that allows people to sort of you know get into the foxhole of their i don't know what it is conditioned beliefs uh, what, what, what's the opposite of critical thinking? Yeah, I, well, it could be, I don't know if there's an opposite. Uh, I think there's a number of things that go on. I think, you know, you look back at history and what yeah. you have to do to have some sort of perspective or context. And I see people yeah. saying, well, this is unprecedented. It's actually not. I mean, we've been, humanity has been through much worse. Yeah. You know, you look at the Spanish flu. And it wasn't just attacking the elderly with underlying conditions. I mean, right. you had young in between. We fought a world war yeah. during the Spanish flu. Yeah. We ended up having a little depression, what, 1919, 1920. I forget the years there. But then like a decade of incredible prosperity. We moved forward. And I think if you, we didn't have social media at that time. Right. We didn't have cable news. Right. Uh, I think that plays a part in it. Um, you know, this is happening during an election year. So people are retreating yeah. to different quarters that if you want to attend your local restaurant, you must be some Trumpian, selfish, evil capitalist yeah. pig. And it's Jack like booted thug. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just want to yeah. go to the restaurant. Yeah. But I think I think also if you stare at a graph or a series of graphs yeah. that are only about COVID. Yeah. For days and days and days and weeks and months, you forget that there's a whole world out there yeah. bigger than COVID. And, yeah. you know, it's like anything else. When you press over here, things happen over here. And yeah. some people, I think, want to put their head in the sand that over here ain't happening. Like people need to work, cancer, stroke, heart attack, yeah. uh, livelihoods. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I don't often sort of really take the gloves off. Um, I, as a rule, I find polarization to be a little bit sort of, uh, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Now I understand sure. the importance of it and the need for it. I, I think, I think in this conversation with you, because I've been looking forward to it for a while now, uh, I'm just going to let my flag fly. And, and we're on the same side, by the way. So it's not going to be a big contentious, you know, Bill O'Reilly shootout. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I will start by saying um, 
apparently I'm a conservative and I didn't know it. <laughs> Isn't that All interesting? Time, I thought I was a card carrying liberal. I see Gavin Newsom in my state, California, who I respected tremendously until this happened, completely shit the fucking bed on this thing. Um, when he first came to do his daily news briefings about the situation, I was relieved because he was calm, he was confident, he was in charge. And I have seen something happen um, that I think is best summed up in, there's an interview going around where Tony Robbins interviews these two urgent care, private urgent care clinic owners, the guys who went viral, Mm -hmm. And then yeah. got taken down off of YouTube and everywhere else for disagreeing with the WHO. Now, to me, I am not a blind devotee of Tony Robbins, but I will say this. He has a carefully curated brand. It's taken him 40 years to build. Yeah. The guy's not a lightweight, no matter what you may think of him. He's not stupid. Yeah. He was willing to interview these guys and flat out, say that the WHO has been proven over and over again to be biased and to be wrong and to not have our best interests at heart. And he said in that interview, he said, I don't know what's happening with Gavin Newsom. I know Gavin personally, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I, um, it's so easy for conspiracy theorists. They're just Basically, they're just ejaculating all over themselves right now is right, what they're doing. Right. And right out in the middle of the street, right? <laughs> and I get it because you need some kind of an explanation. Yeah. So let's start with this. What do you think in the from the thousand foot view is happening right now? Let's just go really broad with it to begin with. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. So I I worked in politics and government and political affairs for decades. Okay. And in and around government, local, state, federal, worked on Capitol Hill. And the, the interesting thing I always tell people about conspiracy theorists is that having worked in and around government and the people who control government and pull the levers for that yeah. long, yeah. the notion that there are people who are smart enough to pull off most conspiracy theories right. is laughable. Um, so there's that. You know, some things, I, I think... I don't think I don't buy into this that there's this overarching maybe early on I, I was saying like what something else has to be going on here right something right, else has yeah. to be going on because I can't believe we're, we're completely shutting everything down like yeah. we're suspending any type of thinking about everything else and yeah. we can we are the most technologically advanced society supposedly in the history of the world and we can't walk and chew gum at the same time yeah with something that really you line up a hundred people we can probably predict if we're not politically correct and we're not afraid of having a, a like an actual real discussion of that hundred who's going to get really sick and who's going to die yeah and remove them from that hundred right now me saying that there are people who will say no didn't you see there was a 19 year old who died in cook county i'm like yeah right one 19 yeah. year old well yeah. if you we're related to that 19 year old. That would be a, a, right. And you could say that about uh, the flu every year. Right. You could say that about pneumonia. You could say that about herpes, <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. Right. And, yeah. and, and saying that isn't yeah. saying, oh, the flu is worse than coronavirus. It's saying to some people, it's a lot worse. The, the coronavirus yeah. is a lot worse than the flu. Yeah. I think that it depends level by level. Listen, I'm not a Trump guy. Right. Um, right. And I'm not voting for Trump. I'm not voting for Biden. People say, why aren't you voting for Trump? There's a number of reasons, but all I got to say is he let the lockdowns happen and he signed a $2 trillion stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> now you could say, well, people are out of work. Okay, exactly. We should have let people work. We should have let the market figure it out. We should have unleashed, gotten rid of all this red tape and regulations and let our vaunted tech community free to figure this out. The problem is a lot of them have their heads in the sand and act as if Professor Frank Fioretti, he's out in the UK and we had a story, uh, we interviewed him on Freedom Media Network and he said, listen, the problem is, is that in this society, I didn't even say he's a problem, he's just, 
he, this is the way it is. And he has a book about fear. We've mm -hmm. come in this society to really define ourselves by our weaknesses and vulnerabilities. Whereas yeah. in other parts of human history, we defined ourselves by our resilience. Right. You know, the London Blitz. I'm reading this book by Eric Larson, a new book. I can't even, I just got it. I just started. I read the first chapter. And it, it starts off about the London Blitz, how the experts predicted massive death, destruction. They actually predicted, I don't know, tens of thousands of people going insane from the fear of the blitz and the, and the Nazis are coming. And so they wanted to just, let's just, let's capitulate. Let's avoid the worst that yeah, could happen. Right. They probably would have done it. Churchill came in and said, no, we're going to fight. Yeah. We're going to fight them on the beaches. We're going to fight them in the air. We're going to fight them in, mm -hmm. you know, and today it's like, we're going to hide from the beaches. We're going to hide from the air. Yeah, we're going to hide yeah. from the, view of the world, it would easy, be easy to say, and, and our only goal on anything is, yeah. then okay, then that's your worldview. You would have to shut everything else down and only focus on that. Right. The thing is, there's more to this world than that. Right. There's people's livelihoods yeah. that are purchased with money. There's yeah. cancer, there's stroke. People aren't going and getting their chemo treatments. People aren't, hospitals are furloughing employees. And so it, when you ask what's going on, I don't believe there's some, I, I believe on a state-by-state -state basis, there's some governors who are doing this for certain political reasons. Right. Um, yeah. Like Pritzker in Illinois is doing this to cover up 30 years of poor management and a, and a hundred billion dollar plus pension debt. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think they're smart enough to get together and say, Hey, there's this big overarching reason that we're going to do things. Right. But I do think that it has been fueled by people who, are not able to think about more than one thing at a time. Okay. And that has led to one dimensional yeah. thinking that has decimated people's livelihoods. I would say in addition to that, let's don't think, let's don't deconflate, right? Because the idea that there's an overarching conspiracy and that we're, we're marching into the new world order. And believe me, I have seen some lollapaloozas, man. I have just seen some, Whoo! I right. normally don't unfriend people with differing opinions, but some of y'all are just batshit crazy. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. You guys, some of you are just gleefully insane. I got this one lady who's who's on about how Michelle Obama's transgender and she's been dating Barack Obama since they were both men and Bill Gates was born a girl. Like it's just a free for all. Right? right? So obviously I can't subscribe to any of that because one of the first things I learned when I got sober many, many years ago is think it through to the end. Right. 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 You want to, yep. you want to, you want to do a line. You want to get high, think it through to the end. Are you okay with where it could go? And I think this through to the end and there's just no way. First of all, even if it was 1% of the 1%. Yeah. That, that's still something like 780,000 people. Right. Some it's some vast right. number. <laughs> right, right. When was the last time you saw seven hundred and eighty thousand people all agree tightly on anything? Absolutely. And, so we, and, yeah, so, no, yeah, absolutely. We can use these little heuristics to help us, right? Yeah. Once again, heuristics come to our aid. <laughs> They're not just for avoiding saber-toothed tigers and shit like that. Um, but let's don't deconflate either, and let's remember that that career politicians are opportunistic. Yeah. yeah. And so you'll see like, like, I don't know what's motivating Newsom, but I will say this, I will say this openly and publicly. He has long since abandoned giving any justifications for keeping things closed down so stringently. He's just explaining the procedure yeah. day in and day out. And I'm over here going, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. How can you be so blithely dismissal of the economy? Yeah. I don't I don't care how sort of revolutionary new age progressive thinking you are because there's a whole there's a whole story out there about how we need a different economy and the economy is fake and there's that like really really sort of I think that's like a neoliberal kind of thing. Well, that's all well and good as a theory and as an argument and as a discussion to have over highballs at a swanky loft, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. 
to actually stop the economy, as we are seeing now, is tantamount to wiping out massive amounts of people. Yeah. So, and I'm going to ask for flat speculation here from you, because that's all you and I can really do. We're not, we're not pedigreed experts on this. We're just people who are thinking it through. Um, what, uh, why do you think that so many people feel comfortable cherry picking this particular kind of death? Yeah. To champion as a cause. And now, you know, somebody's going to jump on here and go, well, it's because it's so, uh, you don't understand about asymptomatic and it's, you know, you're going to, we're going to hear that stuff. Right. 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 But between you and I, let, let's think and speak as men do. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think, I think that different people have different reasons. I think that people have agendas. I think that people, Listen, we live in a in a society of people who get offended and triggered by words. Um, you know, there's there's supposedly these Silicon Valley companies where you're not allowed to use violent words like we crushed it or like it's too militaristic because, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, words are going to hurt me. I mean, we yeah. have that. We, we, we have we have you see it in the universities over the last several years where, oh, my gosh, I have a trigger warning. You have to fire that professor because he said something that, that that's not nice. Right. So, of course. The notion of talking about the fact of being resilient and the fact that any some of these people are now saying, no, my goal is zero deaths. It's like, well, how does that even work? Right. You, are you never yeah. going to leave the house? Because, by the way, if you don't leave the house, then you may cause a death by someone that you didn't buy a product or service. They, they have no idea how that, that works. But yeah. But we also can't – we can't even have – there was a story that came out in Reuters about mm-hmm. uh, that 75% of people in Louisiana who were dying uh, were obese or morbidly obese. Right. Then yeah. I saw on Twitter, there was a whole movement of people saying, we can't say that. We're stigmatizing obesity. Well, you know what? If you get triggered because we talk about the word obesity, I grew right. up fat. I was made fun of. I was bullied. Right. All that shit, right? right. Yeah. If you grow up that way and if you – and if if you, we can't have serious discussions about a health issue of obesity, then right. you are killing people. People yeah. are going to die. That's right. You also have the worldview of, of, of kind of the Bernie Sanders world mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that we, no one has to work. We can just sit back and no one has to work. Just catch up on your reading. And it's so interesting that a number of those people that we know that are white middle-class liberals who yeah. one the breadwinner in the family is still working is still going out into the community by the way to work because they're quote unquote essential worker right. they have a bunch of money in the bank right. this is the new white privilege these are people who love to talk about white privilege and accuse others of white privilege you know right. what the new white privilege is sitting at home being a white li- liberal middle class liberal having money in the bank gainfully employed and telling that family of four in the inner city No, you are selfish for wanting to work. You need to sit home and catch up on your reading. It's like you have you have ceased to employ that mushy stuff between your two ears. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and and that's true selfishness. Um, I think the I think that big pharma. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think they're behind this and have caused this, but I certainly think that uh, I can see where some people believe that. Um, but I, I also believe that never let a good crisis go to waste and they're jumping on that vaccine bandwagon along with Bill Gates and Tony Fauci, Mm -hmm. and they're standing to make a lot of money to serve the public over something. Uh, Listen, if you're pro vaccine or anti vaccine, throw that out for a little bit. Let's say you are pro vaccine and you believe in vaccines. Talked to a nurse recently and we're like, you're pro vaccine, right? So the flu's been eradicated, right? There's no more flu. Right. <laughs> She's like, well, no, it's about 50% effective. Well, right. Well, then how can you possibly say, like Governor Pritzker has said in Illinois, that we're not going to let people have, you know, we're not going to bring back Lollapalooza. We're not going to allow these right. certain things until there's a vaccine. That's completely asinine. I yeah. mean, the flu is still here. It's 50% effective. And by the way, they seem to be wrong every year about the right yeah. vaccine for that strain of flu. So- all because these it, different pieces yeah. and agendas. <laughs> and that's what it is, Kurt, I think. I think that's getting the getting the heart of it, right? What we're seeing 
is what I would maybe uh, um, anecdotally call a perfect storm of agendas, a perfect storm of opportunistic uh, opportunity, resources, and and moment in time. Yeah, like with with the uh, with big pharma. Now, I've watched, like I'm sure many of us have. I would say if you can employ critical thinking at even a sort of a, a freshman in college level, and you watch one commercial for something like one of these psychotically named drugs, right? Like, like, I don't know, uh, uh, Prozac. Right. Now, back when I was doing drugs, you'd laugh at something called Prozac. Right. But then they give you this whispered really quick, like little disclaimer about how it can cause like hallucinogenic nightmare, diarrhea and all this stuff. And and it's like, what the hell is actually happening here? Right. But, because it's rolled out in such a professional manner and in such a way we just sort of, you know, it just sort of somehow gets right past us. Um, I will go on record as saying by and large, I think big pharma is as close to evil as any sort of industry gets. I would say they, they are, while they do do some things that arguably help, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I sort of think of Western medicine is for acute Non-Western medicine is for prevention. Yeah. You know, oh, I would agree. Well, and, and yeah. I, yeah. I think the amount of money that they pour into funding uh, our medical schools, you have doctors who have grown up who can't think outside of right. prescribing a pill. Right. Yeah. And that's dangerous because we have a society that is conditioned to want an easy button for everything. Right. And so, you know, things like lifestyle choices are not even considered <laughs> Because, I mean, the amount of people now who are on, and listen, if you're listening to this and you have to be on it, and I'm not a doctor, right? But I'm someone who has undergone, I read about it in my book, severe anxiety attacks so bad where I thought Mm -hmm. I was going to die. I thought an alien was going to come out of me and I wanted to die. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, doctors said, well, you have irritable bowel syndrome. No, I was, I had anxiety attacks and was having a massive physical effect. Put me on a drug, said, here you go. I had crazy side effects from it. I got off it. I didn't want to be on it. But you listen to someone like a Dr. Andrew Weil talk about the amazing ability of your mind and body to heal itself if you give it the chance. But also, if you read up on placebos and you look at the incredible numbers, I was reading um, on on some of these uh, antidepressant drugs, like 50 to 75% effectiveness from the placebo because your body releases the endorphins and the chemicals and the dopamine. And, but now you see uh, parents putting college kids uh, because they're stressed about midterms. Well, we got to put you on drugs. We got, I put up with that. It's called stress. It's called being a human. It's called meditation. It's called working out. It's called not eating shit, cutting down on sugar, getting sleep, all those things. Yeah. And so we have such a drugged up society yeah. on on legal drugs, yeah, right? Yeah. Because everyone wants an easy button so that when something like this comes up, you see people not even changing. They're more mad about the two 20-year-old kids or 15-year-old kids playing soccer in the park because right. they're going to cause overcrowding at the hospitals. Right. And they're sitting at home, fat and happy, getting fattier, fatter and less happy during the yeah. lockdown, yeah. drinking, smoking, but it's right. everyone else's problem. Right. We we have to have the ability to discuss lifestyle choices, what's called gene expression. Just yeah. because you have a gene because your dad was fat and had a heart attack doesn't mean that you automatically need to go on a drug and condemn yourself to a life of that. Right. Change your life. Have these lifestyle choices. I think all of that is underlying and a foundational problem we're seeing with this epidemic. Yeah. Because it's we're just going to sit at home. You shut up. Sit at home until there's a vaccine. Big Pharma will save us. Right. And, and that type of attitude is just, that's not critical thinking, first of all. Yeah. Uh, and it's dangerous to our health. It, it, irregardless of a pandemic or not, right? Right, right. Um, yeah. I think that I just had a thought as you were as you were saying those things. I think that conspiracy theorists and conspiracy theories... First of all, I think it's doing a huge disservice to the general narrative and the general conversation. I think it's doing a profound disservice. It's like putting a triangular wheel on one side of the car. Yeah. 
So, right. but, but, right. and I think it's interesting because I believe that those people think that they're thinking for themselves, right? There's that old uh, maxim that uh, the crazy guy doesn't think he's going crazy. He thinks he's getting more sane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. And, and so here's what I, I, I think might be happening. I think that they're actually confusing intellectual laziness and critical thinking laziness for acuity and, and, and being critical thinkers, right? Yeah. Because here's this, this nicely laid out, never mind that it's, it, it makes Lord of the Rings look plausible. Right. Right. But it's so nicely laid out and all I have to do, and I'm not even ever aware I'm doing it is suspend disbelief in all these key places. And then suddenly it's like this whole world opens up to me of, Oh, of course I get it now. Yeah. Totally. It is the 5G Wuhan bats in concert with the aliens that because, I mean, let's face it, the government just admitted they were aliens and on and on it goes. Yeah. And so I think that there might be a lot of opportunistic entities from mayors to, to. Hey, Manny here. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the importance of growing your own personal brand and your own audience. In this day and age, if you do business on social media or on the internet in general, you need to be focused on your personal brand. And your personal brand is a function of what people say, think, and feel about you behind your back. And that's where we can come in and help you tremendously. So I'd like to invite you to go over to my website, mannywolf.com, where you can either schedule a call with me or my team, or you can learn about the ways that we can help you to grow your audience powerfully and quickly. In this day and age, content is absolutely king. And if you don't have a content strategy, you can't expect big results. And what we do is we help you with powerful, powerful content strategies. In short, we can put you everywhere all the time without you doing hardly any work. Sounds kind of cool, right? If you'd like to learn more, head over to mannywolf.com and either book a call or look into one of the ways that we have already prepared to help you rapidly grow your audience, grow your trust, your authority, your personal brand, and of course, through all of those things, grow your business. All right, now back to the show. Politicians to big pharma, et cetera, et cetera, all preying on the moment at the same time, mixed with uh, this sort of God, I'd almost call it an indoctrination of uh, incuriosity, of laziness, mental laziness, yeah. right? And and I, God, I mean, I'm sort of having an epiphany right now as we're talking that I I I think this explains a lot of what we're seeing as the response. Plus, let's face it. Uh, let me rephrase that. Not, not let's face it. Do you agree that? Uh, we're sort of pumped full of fear on a daily basis. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, I right? think um, it, it, in the news and everything, you know, we don't allow the news in our house. Um, yeah. I I see it because I used to be addicted to the news. Uh -huh. You know, we know yeah. in 2012, Facebook did that experiment where they, you know, they they ramped up your attitude or or ramped it down depending on your news feed, and they leaked that. Um, <laughs> you know, I it, it's it's interesting because. You know, on one hand, I, I think a lot of these conspiracy theories, you'd have to find people smart enough to carry them out. And I haven't found that yet in government, uh, having worked there. Yeah. Um, on the other side, I think there are opportunistic people who don't have people's best hearts or best interests at heart. Yeah. I, I told, you know, what I tell my wife is, listen, I don't buy anything. If, if I see the story on one hand showing boom, 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 I don't buy it until I, I look for myself. And on, on the other hand, I don't buy it either. I think, I think the interesting thing is though, there's some truth in the middle, um, to it. And mm -hmm. so yeah. on a number of these things, you know, I once sat, I, I once worked as a lobbyist in the food industry and I sat in a meeting where we're told <laughs> it's science, the food pyramid is science, right? And each lobbyist for each industry basically took uh, took it upon themselves. They were going to write the different parts of the food pyramid. Now, yeah. the people who got the most subsidies, you eat most of that according to science. How, right. how does that yeah. work out? Right. Bread, yeah. you know, um, so I, so I also know that a lot of things go on, you know, it's interesting because I, you know, there are like Dr. Uh, Rashid Buttar, you know, talks mm -hmm. about 
Tony Fauci and this, that, and the other thing. And what I was saying is, listen, I may be conditioned to kind of believe that. I'm not yeah. crazy about Tony Fauci. He has a yeah. track record of when you look at things he said during the, the AIDS epidemic, all this, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, dude, doctor, Rashid, show me the documents. Show the proof. Otherwise, right. I ain't going to believe you. I may say, yeah, I don't right. trust that guy. Yeah. You know, Bill Gates, I I just, I don't trust Bill Gates. I don't like him. I, I, I haven't liked him since he thought that he could just, uh, spend all this money to put common core into our schools and move around children like pawns. Yeah. Um, I think to me, Bill Gates is like the bond villain or he's like Thanos, right? <laughs> he thinks he can just, he's so smart. He can move humans around like pawns, right? Like there are computer programs and things yeah. will happen. Yeah. I think that can be dangerous. Um, I'm not reflectively anti-vaccine, but right now you see people who mm -hmm. took the vaccine, polio's making a comeback in India, people have died, you know, right. there's those types of things. I don't buy in the conspiracy theories, but I do buy into, uh, I, 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 I don't believe in these super smart people just moving humans around like pawns. Yeah, um, sort of having carte blanche because of what they've achieved financially and, and with- Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do- but I do, you know, YouTube, Facebook, people are automatically considering certain things as conspiracy theories like right. consume more vitamin D, get more sunlight. It's not yeah. good to be cooped in, inside all day. Get, and all of a sudden, like that's conflated as a conspiracy theory. It's like, yeah. no, we know that to be true. Right. Yeah. 5G and some of the 5G stuff that's out there is like, okay, I, I don't believe in that. But- Listen, I do believe overall, not just 5G, we don't, we won't put our Wi-Fi in our bedroom where we sleep. I don't put my phone in. I think there's something with some, some sort of high pitched noise and frequencies affecting sleep, affecting us. I, I think those things, I think that's more of just a, a natural health issue. Yeah. Do yeah. I think that 5G is causing the coronavirus and all that? I, I, quite honestly, I don't even read it. I, I have no idea, but yeah. I do think maybe we should look at a lot of the shit that we're putting in our bodies, uh, whether it's stuff around us, whether it's cell phones to our ears all the time, you know, I'm big on blue light after five o'clock, it affects your sleep. So I think there's conspiracy theories and I think there's always just enough in it that you should just let them be and let them do their thing. Because <laughs> the other thing is the minute you start censoring them, yeah, the minute that gives credence Right. Which is why I think YouTube and Facebook and all them are just stupid. Plus I'm, I'm just radically pro free speech and it's like, yeah, same here. Let it all out there. Let yeah. it all out there, you know, yeah. because one thing in a, in 10 may make it through that might actually be true. Yeah. And, and then, but, but I agree with you uh, on a lot of it. Like, you know, Bill Gates is, uh, uh, what, what's, what's the other thing that this entire thing was, was cooped was cooked up because while we're all locked at home, uh, there's a, there's a global pedophilia ring, uh, right. including Tom Hanks and others that are going to be arrested. It's like, yeah, that's come on. Right. Like no one's smart enough to do this. That's what people don't understand. Yeah. I've yeah. been in around government. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just, I just feel like it begs the question, are you really sitting at home alone believing, for instance, that Tom Hanks is affiliated with a global liberal elite pedophilia ring? That is right. somehow now connected to, by the way, Epstein didn't kill himself, uh, 5G, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, um, and he may, hey, he may be a pedophilia and may have hung out with Epstein and a lot of people do bad things, rich people, mm -hmm. and, and, and some of them are doing bad things. I, I don't want to, by the way, I'm not anti-rich person, but the Epstein crowd was rich people who were bad people. Not yeah. saying they're not part of that, but the connection to coronavirus and everything that's going on, uh, I don't know. I, it, it, if you really think that someone and Trump was elected and the election was fixed simply for all of this to happen. Yeah. I, show me the results. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Show me something besides a strongly vouchsafed belief in your gut. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I saw something that I really, a liked, and I'm going to paraphrase it here. And B, I think it's relevant to this. This was a uh, a, a PhD scholar or something, and it went something like, "Oh, so you researched it, 
right? And then they go on to say, well, did you compare peer-reviewed studies? Did you hold it up to the rigorous laws of uh, logic fallacies? And on and on and on. And of course, or did you just watch a few videos that said what you already believed? And right. are you calling that research? Um, yeah. I, I, uh, what do you think is the, the, the tendency within us? What do you think the reason is within us to just sort of take things to that 11 on a scale of one to 10 level of, uh, in sort of intensity, like what you're talking about here is you're talking about there being potentially some truth in even the craziest things, but that mm -hmm. requires you to go, okay, maybe I don't agree with all of this part and parcel, you know, but maybe yeah. I can look at it and sort of sift through it and, and see that some stuff sort of passes muster or at least passes the sniff test. Right. Why do you think we have such a hard time doing that? Why do you think we just go straight to fifth gear with everything? Yeah. I, you know, it's, I think there have been enough things that have come to light and, and just enough kind of government scandals and cover-ups yeah. that were conditioned to believe the worst or, yeah. or, or go there. Plus there's just ineffective communication, yeah. right? You know, things Bill Gates has said in the past, his quotes were used to make it seem like he wanted to sterilize the world through vaccinations. Right. Um, now, I think I know what he was saying, but when you say stupid things and then you spend a billion dollars uh, to do certain things, yeah, you know, um, you know, there have there been government cover-ups and screw-ups? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that there have been, um, you know, when it comes to health, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's less of a outward conspiracy and more of a let's take advantage of stupidity and make everyone think that without drugs they're going to die yeah um if we create i think this i think the heart of this is creating a nation of victims on yeah. everything on yeah. every single thing you know what you're out of shape that's not your fault right right here's a drug yeah you you can you can put that across the board on anything money yeah. health politics, whatever it is. And when you create a nation of victims, victims are more easily uh, likely to give up critical thinking yeah. because victims don't really have a clear sense of meaning and vision. Yeah. Uh, Randy Gage, best-selling author, I interviewed him and he said, you know, people join gangs, cults, other things yeah. when they don't have a lack of sense of meaning and someone comes to them and says, do you want some meaning? We'll give it to yeah. you. Yeah. I think people, that's why you, you see people who become addicted uh, to whether on the right or the left, MSNBC or Fox News. And they sit there for five, or they wake up in the morning and they don't have to think. Yeah. All they can say is, what's Hannity going to tell me to think? What's Maddow going to tell me to think? And so they don't apply that critical thinking necessary. So Hannity's off saying one thing about everything that, that's going on in the world and Maddow's going out and saying anything. And so they're conditioned to think it because they, they're, they're, they're easily led because they lack a sense of meaning and it's easy for others to apply it to them. So that victimhood, that lack of meaning yeah, more easily allows you just to uh, just believe what's spoon fed to you. Sure. Sure. And I think, yeah. you know, what's dangerous. And, and by the way, that, that leads us to just blindly trust experts. There are so many, if you're a doctor listening to this, you're great. You're wonderful, right? <laughs> I've met doctors and, and we've known doctors who've given such horrible advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we, we deify these doctors. Uh, you know, the average doctor may have had less nutritional training than the average person in many cases. <laughs> Yet they're, oh, you just had a heart attack. You need more bread in your diet. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? Um, and so the, we talk about peer-reviewed studies. The danger there is that who was funding the study? Peer-reviewed studies, right. who, who are the peers who are reviewing them? Right. Um, you look at some studies done by universities funded by Big Pharma, mm -hmm. where you know, it's very easy to weed out the people most likely to respond to placebos. Yeah. Randomized testing ain't so random anymore. Right. And yeah. that's when you have to apply the ability to use common sense with data, mm -hmm. which is why we, you know, in this country, mm -hmm. you have a civilian as 
the, the, the leader, the chief executive. Yeah. You don't have military commanders right. because military commanders are experts in war. Mm -hmm. But in the end, civilians apply the economists have, you have a cabinet around you, right? Mm -hmm. My problem with what's been going on is that Trump said, here's Fauci. That's it. The, he is the one voice we're going to listen to. That's it. And by the way, any other doctor or epidemiologist who comes forth saying, whoa, 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 we can't shut down the economy. The data is wrong, has been labeled a conspiracy theorist. Right. Meanwhile, you have someone like Fauci. Fauci may be a great guy. He's one guy. Yeah. He's not an economist. Right. So you push over here. And a leak Things starts over here over. and you got to, you, you have to have that, that broad view. Um, and so, you know, it's funny, all the people who are saying, listen to the expert, Fauci's the expert, listen to the expert. Right. What were they doing in the lead up? What were you saying in the lead up to the Iraq war? Yeah. You know, yeah. we, Hey, we, there was a lot of experts. I could show you a lot mm -hmm. of experts who said weapons of mass destruction, go to war. Colin yeah. Powell expert showed the pictures. Right. Yeah. And I, by the way, I'm not saying this. I'm, what, what I'm saying is it's the hypocrisy of a lot of people yeah. who said the experts were wrong there. And now we're saying blindly trust the experts because they have a certain degree and have a certain, right. you know, that I, it comes down to critical thinking, common sense, by the way, your critical thinking may lead you to a different conclusion than my critical thinking. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But with, at least you've employed it. <laughs> with approaching 8 billion people, we're not going to have consensus. Right. Right. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't think of myself as the kind of guy that would, would even say things like I'm about to say, but that's kind of like the original, the beauty of the original intent of the American experiment. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, can we build a place where we can all sort of, and I realize I'm opening the door, even saying this, because we didn't all get an equal chance to thrive, but, right. but moving that aside for a moment, right. Um, the the idea that was presented was this this society where we'd have an equal chance to thrive, and and I I, I don't need to be reminded of the three fifths of a man and, and racism and slavery, right. and those abominations. Um, just just so that we're clear, it's a fucking black mark on our soul as a nation. Okay, moving on. Um, but uh. The, the, that was the idea. It was an experiment. It was, can we acknowledge that we'll never have consensus yeah. and still move forward? Right. You know? Right. Um, and I, I think that, uh, God, there was so much in what you said that I'm like, oh, try to remember that. Try to remember that. Try to remember that. But I get but, going. You wind me up and I, yeah, I keep going, yeah. you know? Uh, hey, I'll be honest with you. I needed to take the gloves off like this with someone and just and just really speak my mind. Um, uh, let's just move forward and and what upshot or positive? So I first let me lay the lay the table here. Set the table. I believe that at the scale of humanity, at the scale of populations, and I think this for the individual too. But um, we don't move forward in a straight line. We move like a pendulum, right? But but in a trending direction. Uh, I thought Obama was one swing of the pendulum. I think Trump is another. Right. In spite of everything I thought I believed, I'm seeing some value in both of these guys now, mm -hmm. which is just flabbergasting to me because it made <laughs> me have to question all of my deeply held but not sort of fleshed out beliefs. Right. Um, but what do you see? Do you agree that Humanity trends upward in terms of quality of life, uh, length of life, just in general from, let's say, a thousand years ago till now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So given that. Yeah. And I heard, um, I heard, uh, uh, oh, what's that? There's, a, there's an entrepreneur whose whole focus is on, um, uh, um, I'm drawing a complete blank. His name's Alex. He wears the funny glasses. Anyway, yeah. um, he he gave a really, really solid argument in one of his uh, uh, masterminds about how humanity always trends toward higher democracy, yeah. higher levels of democracy. So if we're trending up, and this is one of the pendulum swings, but a really intense one, what do you see as some of the potential positive outcomes of this? 
Yeah, I, I think so. I first of all, I, you know, I had a, an economist on my show last year, and about the fact that everything is getting better. Yeah, if you just watch the news and social media pre-pandemic, right. Right. you would think that violence is on the rise. It's right. not. Right. Uh, you would think that poverty is rampant. Lowest right. uh, levels of human poverty in, right. in history. Uh, you would think that the environment is getting worse, right? Right. Uh, it's actually not. You know, in the seventies, try to walk through downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. Whoa, so man. you look at the, you look at that data. Now, saying yeah. that though is not doing a disservice to people who are victims of violence or poverty, right? Right. But instead of having a scarcity mindset saying everything is horrible, everything's getting worse, which is untrue, you yeah. have an abundance mindset that wakes up and you say. Listen, world is pretty damn good and it's getting better. Yeah. What, what could we do to make it more awesome? Right. That acknowledges right. that hey, there's some things we got to fix, right? So so seeing that, yes, I believe we we trend upward. I believe humanity is trending upward. I think there are certain things where yes, the pendulum swings, right? Yeah. On the surface, the pendulum between Obama and Trump uh has swung back and forth. If you really, 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 really step back though, yeah. and you look how yeah. big, other than other than rhetoric, yeah, how big is it really swung? Well, I don't know. I think the biggest threat to the existence and future of the United States is our debt. Well, that yeah. pendulum just keeps not swinging. Right. That yeah. the trajectory is overall bad, right? Yeah. Do I think we can figure it out? Yes. I think I think that humanity has the ability to solve and get past any problem, any challenge that faces us, any, if we allow it to be unleashed. And right now, I don't think we are. That's the This problem. is my fundamental belief too, Kurt. That is, I, I'm so glad you said that. That is one of my most fundamental beliefs. Yeah. Uh, we have, you can look back through history and even though history is written by the winners, you can see that in every significant era of human evolution, we have been on the precipice of utter disaster and complete loss. Yep, absolutely. And yet, we're fucking rocking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if when you allow it to happen, I mean, in the yeah. opening days of this, you know, it's funny. I was reading uh, Stephen Kotler uh, and uh, what's his name? Jamie book? Wheel. No, no, no. Uh, oh, no. Kotler and um, he he's. Uh, with the X prize dude, he wrote abundance. Yeah. Uh, bold, he, um, he, uh, he was a co-writer of rise of Superman and stealing fire. Right. Yeah. 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 And they were talking about uh, the book. It's called the future is faster than you think. And they had this book uh, and it talked about all these incredible things that are moving humanity forward. And then right. I read it, I finished it as this started and it's like, all right, we're going to have flying cars. We're going to have all this cool stuff, mm -hmm. but you can't manufacture a test that works. You can't manufacture masks. You can't manufacture. And, you know, what, what happened was government regulation and red tape early on, which have been around forever, ostensibly to protect us. Mm -hmm. Okay, like one regulation, nurses in New Jersey who are qualified in New Jersey can't cross state lines to help hospitals in New York. Right. Oh, that's to protect people. No. It is to protect the profits of the Association of Nurses in New Jersey. Right. Because yeah. they, my, my wife's a speech uh, language pathologist, right? She didn't pay her dues for a few years. So what did she have to do? She had to pay a whole bunch of money and take like a two hour, three hour, four hour test and study for it. Well, because you didn't pay your dues, you were somehow not as smart. Yeah. So types of rent seeking anti-freedom, anti-innovation laws and red tape, you know, prevent us from having true innovation. It's like the school system. You go around, is, it, is the school system broken? Yes. Well, let's fix it. Well, no. Why? Because we have to keep certain teachers employed and the janitors that work at school employed. And blah, blah. Right. So all of that protectionism gets in the way of actual yeah. innovation. Absolutely. So something like this. So getting to your actual question, which is yeah. what's going to happen? Well, I think some of this, some things are going to crumble. You know, we have hurricanes here yeah. regularly. What happens? The dead branches get pruned. Right. Now, right. for those of you who need trigger warnings just for getting up in the morning, I'm not talking about coronavirus as pruning weak people and obese people and elderly people. I'm not saying that. Yeah. What I'm talking is about is you have certain restaurant chains that are going under. You, you see a lot of companies that are declaring for bankruptcy now. Mm -hmm. You know what? They've been limping along for a while. 
-hmm. and they're gone. They couldn't survive this. Right. You see other innovative companies that are stepping forth, figuring out how to get it done. Yeah. You know what? They're going to make it happen. Yeah. You see uh, restaurant employees who are out of work, who are not going back to work because they're getting paid more by the government to not work. Yeah. So I just talked to someone whose uh, daughter just got a job at a restaurant. Well, how'd that happen? Well, you know what? The restaurant's like, fine. If, if you don't want to work, we're going to hire new people. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with like unemployment. Does it go from 14.9 down to 10 and stick there because there's people who just are getting paid too much by the government. They don't want to go right. back. Right. But what about recent grads? They have opportunities. The right. opportunities are there. I think radically, we need to look at this. We need to get government out of the way. We need to let innovation happen. We need to let get back to looking at the resilience of people. Yeah. People who are weak, uh, weak up here. Yeah. People who are sitting in the corner sucking their thumbs saying, people are going to die. People are going to die. Therefore, we can't do anything. We have to stay at home. They're going to learn what pain is really about. They're going to yeah. learn what our grandfathers and fathers went through in the Great Depression. Right. People went through during the London right. Blitz. A couple years ago, last year, someone told me, we were talking about people getting so up in arms about some choice of words. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about, but it's, it's back to this trigger warning bullshit, right? Yeah. And he said, when these are the biggest problems we have, we need bigger problems. Exactly. Well, now we have bigger problems. Yeah. There's going to be people who survive it and thrive. And there's yeah. going to be people who are cut, caught in the corner with trigger warnings, crying yeah. and upset because the world is mean to them. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. The fact that, that, uh, uh, an entitled self-righteous effete student can can get a professor fired right because of this trigger warning bs means that we we need to find problems problems and and things to push against are part of the human experience yeah and let's face it not a lot of saber-toothed tigers running through the streets anymore <laughs> right right there's not a lot of real true visceral problems and and uh, i think of um uh, Steven Pinker's work when you talk about society yeah. trending mm -hmm. upward like that. Um, I mean, he proves it irrefutably. Right. You know, uh, unless you don't trust the math. Right, know? right. Exactly. Yeah. And you're, you, I agree with you too, that, um, that the people that are, are sort of like, like, I feel like this is in a very real way, a forced up leveling of, I'm going to say a critical mass of the population. Now it's not going to take everyone because some people are going to insist, right. In, in living in the story they have for themselves, the victim story. Right. But as humanity trends upward, so does our, what we might call our collective consciousness. Right. And I don't want to get into, I don't want to open the door to too much new agey stuff, but, but collective consciousness is a thing. Yeah. You know, if, if we look 100%. at 500 years ago, collective consciousness was not really thinking about the best ways to create a new hybrid education system. Yeah. Right. They were thinking about things like, you know, are we all getting our heads cut off today? Yeah. So the collective consciousness was at a different level. And so I do think it's um, and I also think that in the individual experience and in the the collective like uh, population level experience, most important lessons don't come without struggle in the beginning. Yeah. Right. You know? Because then and, it, it, you don't really, you don't really learn anything from it. Right. Um, right. The, you know, Charles Fillmore was writing a hundred years ago about mm. collective consciousness. Eric Butterworth kind of picked up the mantle and wrote about that in terms of you look at depressions and you look at wars and you look at even sicknesses have happened when everyone that collective consciousness comes to believe, well, there's nothing we can do. There's going to be this. Right. There's going to be that. Right. I mean, you look at the rise and fall of the market. Yeah. What is that? That is based that on is collective, collective consciousness. consciousness. <laughs> yeah. You know, even when it's really high and you're like, why is it really high? Why These valuations are so stupid. You saw that in like 2000, right? With like some of these, I remember the yeah. Super Bowl commercials for some of these companies, these online companies that were not companies at all, were getting yeah. billion dollar, you know, yeah. and collective consciousness absolutely mm. does. And I was actually reading Eric Butterworth at the very beginning of this. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no possible way. All right. Yeah. San Francisco, Seattle. Okay. Whatever. California, they, they'll shut down because they're, they're, 
their default is kind of authoritarianism, right? <laughs> when there's no way they'll shut down South Carolina. And when they shut down South right. Carolina, my biggest, what, well, not my biggest issue. One of the biggest issues with this is now you've set the precedent that people are conditioned to be told to stay home and do it. Yeah. And that's dangerous because as it is, we are already, we already live in a compliance and permission based society, right. which has many, many problems beyond stay at home orders. I mean, mm -hmm. it has to do with people wanting to ask for permission to want to live their life. People yeah. want to have to ask permission to want more in their life to do this, that, and the other thing. This is going to make it even worse. And I think there are people who are going to default even further to compliance. And those who are, um, listen, the, <laughs> my wife and I are people, and, and I'm not doing this to judge, but if you put a fucking piece of tape on the floor to tell me where to stand in a grocery market. Yeah. I ain't standing on that tape. You know why? <laughs> because if someone gets too close to me, I have the choice to back up. You know what I mean? And so it, 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 personal yeah. responsibility Person is lost. Yes. And you may say, if I go to the beach and I sit down, I know statistically, because I've looked at numbers, mm -hmm. I'm in incredible health. I have no underlying conditions. My right. kids are in incredible health. And by the way, are of the age that statistically they're more likely to get struck by lightning, you know, on Mars, right? <laughs> it could happen. Yeah, it, it could, could happen. happen, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So you may say, right. Now, if someone who sits next to you is healthy, that's fine. But what if that person who's healthy who sits next to you then goes and has dinner with someone who has an underlying health condition? I said, right. no matter how far you stretch this out, personal responsibility still comes in. Because right now, if I have an underlying health condition and I'm 75 years old, I <laughs> should not be having lunch with anyone who I think has been contaminated. Right. right. And so because we don't want to be mean to certain people and right. tell only them to stay home, everyone has to stay home. Yeah. And people are really going to learn here soon about where money comes from. They're going to learn about, right. you know, simple things like uh, supply chains. Now, yeah. I think there's enough states that are getting their act together that we're going to avoid this. I'm in, I'm in a state where South Carolina, yeah. uh, Florida, Georgia. So, but. <laughs> so unfortunately we don't even have the time to to really open the door all the way on the personal responsibility part of the discussion <laughs> and i wish i would have thought to get to that earlier because that's a huge piece right none of the fear mongering none of the the stay at home sort of self righteous all suffer so that nobody dies kind of mentality takes into account look if you don't feel safe here are common sense protocols you can follow as an individual right Yep. What the hell happened to that? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, if I didn't have a hard stop, I would love to continue this conversation. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been fantastic for me. It's been cathartic almost really, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, I really, really appreciate you coming on and let's give the, the gratuitous, where can we find Curtin and, and learn more what he's about? Yeah. If you want to find me, you can go to, uh, Merck.enterprises or freedommedianetwork.com. We got a lot of great uh, interviews there, content uh, that to spur, designed to spur critical thinking. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be growing. And some stuff may piss you off, some stuff may not, but. But that's okay because hey, we're all grown. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the, to quote Vince Vaughn and Swingers, we're all grows up and we're all growns up and we're all grown up, baby. Like, <laughs> you can handle it. You're not made of glass. You're not going to break from a dissenting opinion. Yep, absolutely. Okay. I agree. Man, dude, so good. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I, I'm pleasure to come on. I'm glad my internet came back. I'm glad my house didn't oh, blow my. down. Glad I could be here to, uh, to be on here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my, that was, that was outstanding. Uh, you and I will be in touch more for sure. Absolutely. Thank okay, you. Kurt, thank you so much, man. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Manny Wolf Show. If you know someone that you'd love to have me interview, please go to my website at mannywolf.com. That's M-A-N-N-Y-W-O-L-F-E.com and submit them as a potential guest. 
We love to bring guests on that our audience wants to hear from. So please help us to find the best guests for you by going to mannywolf.com and submitting anyone that you have in mind to be a great guest, including yourself. And if you'd like to know more about me and what I do, please come over to Facebook and join my group, simply called The Manny Wolf Group. If you'd like to get more into my world where we have all kinds of tips, trainings, valuable stuff for you to help you get better at growing your brand and your audience, please come and join The Manny Wolf Group on Facebook. Until our next episode, I'll see you.